and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, Pastor Ellie considers Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, and he retells his own story of getting back into the will of God. And now, with more from God's Word, here's Pastor Robert Elliott. Maybe you've made a vow to the Lord. And maybe it's not about marriage or your children or the military. Maybe you've made a promise to the Lord that He knows that He's remembered and you haven't kept. Would this be the night tonight when you would say, that vow I made to you, Lord, when I was young or when I was in college or when I got married or whenever, I want to keep it. Help me to keep it. Because salvation is from you, Lord. And then one of the most amazing uh, verses in the Bible, verse 10. Then... (laughs) After Jonah is in the spin cycle of a fish in a tempest with seaweed around his head, then the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, name of God, sovereign God, then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. Whoa. Must have had the fish close enough to the dry land that when it barfed him up, pardon my word, he was close enough to land to get out. Wow. God had a GPS system on that fish, and when God steered that fish to where exactly he had to be, then he had the fish vomit Jonah out alive. I I don't know, because I don't understand these things, but I've read about this. And there's been a case where this has happened in the 1920s where a man was swallowed alive by a fish and survived. And when he came out, the gastric digestive juices of the fish had bleached his skin, but not in a consistent bleaching with patches and ulcers, lacerations. He looked terrible when he got out of the fish. Jonah's in there three days as a picture of Jesus Christ in the future being three days in the grave. He's three days in all that stuff. He gets spit out on the beach. He must have looked awful and smelled awful. His name is Dove. Remember that? Noah's Ark, Dove, Jonah, Dove, Whale, Beach, Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto dry land. Talk about a second chance. When I got out of that church as a pallbearer for David's casket, we loaded his casket in the hearse, funeral hearse, and we drove to the cemetery and we carried his casket to the grave. And my pastor gave a Christian committal for him in the graveyard. And they lowered his casket in the ground, and then I had a choice. Was my prayer to the Lord uh, an emotional prayer of the moment in the service at the church, or was it a real prayer of repentance? That would only be determined by time. 
what I did from the grave of my friend forward would tell whether or not I genuinely repented of my sin that compromised my walk with Jesus. I went on to finish my first year in college, and I was very unhappy. I was in a business administration course and thought I was going to go into my family business with my grandfather and my father, and I didn't like the studies. I didn't really, I was restless. I didn't really feel at peace, and that was because that wasn't what God had for me. Going into my family business it wasn't what God had for me. And so I was at a party at Christmas after David's death, and one of my friends came up to me with a Coke in his hand and asked what I was doing. I told him I was at the University of Toronto in business administration, and he said, how's it going? I said, I don't really like it. And then he said, um, do you know God's will for your life? I said, no. So how long have you been a Christian? I said, well, a long time, but I don't know God's will for my life. And then he said, do you know God's word? I said, no, not really. I've been a Christian a long time, but honestly, I don't really know God's word. And then he said, do you think you could know God's will for your life if you don't know his word? That was one of the most important questions I ever was to be asked in my life. He said, I challenge you that after you finish your degree at the University of Toronto in business administration, that you go to a Bible college that I'm attending right now called Word of Life Bible Institute in Scroon Lake, New York, for one year to find out what God's will is as found in his word. And then you may know what he wants you to do with your life. So I took up on that challenge. And after I graduated from the university, I went as a mature student. I was one of the oldest students in the student body. They all went to the Bible Institute usually right after high school, and that was great. That's a great thing to do. But I went after college, and I was only there three months because that's the only the length of time I needed to find out God's will for my life, which was to present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is my reasonable service of worship, and not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And for me, God's good, acceptable, and perfect will was to become a pastor teacher. I was scared. When God showed me that, I was so scared I knew how unworthy I was. I knew how little I knew about theology. I knew how little I knew about the Bible. I was scared. My heart was racing. Tachycardia, arrhythmia. That's what took me out of the Bible Institute after three months. I had this tachycardia. And I'm sure it was because I was fighting God. But I went to the nurse at the Bible Institute, and she said, what's, what's going on? Are you under stress? I said, yes. She goes, what's stressing you out? I said, God's will for my life. She said, what's God's will for your life? I said, become a pastor teacher. I've been fighting it for three months here. She said, have you given in to God? I said, yes. She goes, good. And I said, I'm scared stiff. She goes, good. That's perfect. <laughs> be scared stiff. You should be scared stiff if you try to be a pastor in your own strength. But God will give you what you need to be a pastor. As I knew I was to be a pastor teacher, I wanted to know where people went to get trained to be a pastor teacher. And so if we're to life strength, one of them is to bring in guest teachers, lots of them. And so when someone was effective in teaching the Bible, to me at least, I went up and said, hey, where did you go to seminary? And they mostly said Dallas Theological Seminary, which I'd never heard about. So I was praying and seeking God, and I wound up going to Dallas Seminary, and I met Beth in the incoming class at Dallas Seminary. She was there to study theology and Bible to teach God's word to women and children, not to men. 
And we grew in love. We got married after our first year. And we've been on a tremendous, exciting ride with the Lord ever since. Doing the will of God is the most exciting and fulfilling and joyous thing you ever could do. There are painful times. There are difficult times. But they are just sort of uh, points along the way. The whole plot of being yielded to Jesus Christ and doing what he wants you to do is joy, excitement, enthusiasm, blessing. So if you're here tonight and you've been on a ship to Tarshish, remember God, not in a temple in Jerusalem, but remember God in the temple of your heart. Enthrone Jesus Christ as Lord and King of your heart. Remember him and pray. And is there a value made to him that you haven't kept? Then keep it. Is there a vow he wants you to make to him? then make it. There's a Nineveh out there for each of us. A job to do. Time is short. Things are wrapping up. Jesus is coming again. I don't know the date, but I know it's soon. I know it's soon. So let's be about his business. Let's be in his will. Let's be obedient. Let's remember him. Let's acknowledge his sovereignty in the circumstances of our lives. Let's do those things. Let's stand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this historical account of Jonah. Lord, your word is full of people that are real, people who struggle with obedience, people who want their own way, people who turn around, who are forgiven and who are used of you. Lord, I thank you for your mercy in my life. Even as I'm retelling my own story, I am full of thanks to you that you, that you drew me to that front pew of my friend's funeral, but then you drew me past that to your will for my life. Lord, I pray for my friends here tonight and those in the sound of my voice on the CD later. Lord, that we would be yielded to you as living sacrifices, that we would be on no ships to Tarshish. But Lord, we would be following after you hard. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, we want abundant life, so you will look as great as you truly are through our redeemed lives. Lord, help us to keep our vows, whatever they are, and thank you for that you're the God of the second chance that we're never expelled from your sight. You're the God of forgiveness, the God of giving us additional opportunity to obey you. May we. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Come here and see the fabulous performance of world-renowned pianist Sam Rotman for free on Saturday, September 10th and Sunday, September 11th. He has given over 2,700 performances in 60 countries and is described as a pianist of no small talent. He possesses a thoroughly prepared technique and his playing is convincing and alive. Come and experience Sam Rotman's profound, expressive, dynamic and exciting concert performances for the first time in the Bahamas 
on either Saturday, September 10th at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Kirk on Princess Street at 6.30 p.m. or Sunday, September 11th at Calvary Bible Church on Collins Avenue at 6 p.m. Bring your family for a night to remember. For more information, call us at 326-0800. That is 326-0800. And now, today's personal God story. This morning, I'm pleased to have Errol Farkasen, a friend and a dear brother in the Lord, one of the serving pastors at Calvary Bible Church in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Rob. Thank you for having me. Thank you, and good morning, Bahamas. Yes, I have invited you this morning to give a bit of your God story, and uh, I know that it will be of great interest uh, to all who are listening. You know, thank you very much, uh, Pastor Rob. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I think this is an opportunity that we should always take advantage of as believers to be able to share how we come to faith and, and to let others know, you know, what our journey was like uh, coming to, the, to know the Lord as our Savior because, you know, people may think it, sometimes it may be a, a big or a vibrant thing, but sometimes it's, sometimes it's quiet and, 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 and sincere. So, yes. yeah, it's, it's great to be able to share that and I appreciate this opportunity to do so. Um, so, going back a little bit to my early days, I grew up in a in a relatively large family, I would say. I had eight, eight siblings, eight children mm. uh, that we grew up in my, my parents' home. And we grew up in a Baptist uh, church environment. This is uh, the New Bethlehem Baptist Church, which is still on the Independence Highway today. And um, my parents are still actually worshiping there. They, uh, my dad is a, a reverend there, and my mother is a minister there as well. Uh-huh. So we grew up uh, in, in, in a home where my mother was a strong Christian from the time that I know myself, she always was, always prayed for us, always led our Bible studies as a family, and always encouraged us to read the Bible, go to church, and to really have a true relationship with God. And so I had grown up in that environment for some time, and my first real recollection of saying that, you know, I, I placed my faith in Christ came at a time when I was in high school. I attended the St. Anne's High School, uh, which is still here, and what it was, uh, Denise Williams, who was a gospel recording artist, and she was visiting the Bahamas at the time and going to different schools and holding concerts, and she had come to our school this one particular time, and she was doing a concert. We were in the hall, and, and she did a great performance and, and shared the gospel. And at the end of it, she invited, you know, any of the kids who felt that they would like to make a professional face to come forward. And and, and I did at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that was when I can really truly say that I, I really put my faith in, in God to, you know, to take care of me. So from the time uh, that was my last year in high school and, and from then until now, God has been faithful. Um, you know, the journey has always been, it's not always been rosy. You yes, know? yes. Uh, our, our Christian journey is that where, you know, sometimes we have challenges, we have difficulties, but we know that God is always with us and he sends these things to us to help us to grow. So I appreciate everything. My life has been uh, such a, a, a learning experience that I have come along the way. And since I've started coming to Calvary Bible Church, first with Pastor Lee and now with yourself, I've continued to grow in the Word and and understanding and knowledge of God's Word under your ministry as well. And I do appreciate that and uh, where God has brought us and and has brought me to the point where I'm now able to serve in in the office of a pastor. And and, um, if I had someone had told me that this is where I would be, 
but maybe 20 years ago, I, you know, I would say, no, no way, man, that's not something that I would do. I mean, I, you know, I was always afraid of public speaking, I was always afraid of uh, interacting with others. But it, after I placed my faith in God and I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, um, lead me and give me the strength and the courage to do it. And through his grace, here I am today, um, only through the blessings of God. And I appreciate that. Well, you and your wife, Tracy, and your boys are such a delight uh, to all of us. And uh, thank you for sharing what the Lord means to you, how you came to trust Christ alone for your salvation. And, and for the listener out there this morning who may wonder if God can do anything with him or with her, yes. that, you know, your yes. own story is that God yes. brought you out of being a shy person and a, a fearful to speak person. And I can assure you that God has made you articulate yes. and you have those interpersonal people skills that only God can really give. Exactly. So it's an encouragement to me to work with you and serve Christ with you. And let me just pray uh, for the listener out there who may be wondering if God could possibly use them. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that with your calling always comes your enabling. We thank you that you're calling listeners to stop trusting themselves or religion to come into a Christ alone faith for the forgiveness of sins in heaven one day. And Lord, when a listener makes that transference of trust over to Christ only, we know that you endow them with spiritual gifts and you give them the permanent gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning for the person listening who may know Christ as Savior and they just don't know if they can overcome certain things that they are not proud of or that they are um, fixated on that would hinder them uh, serving the Lord. I pray that they would this morning say, Lord, use me. If you can use me, please use me. Help me to be other than I might be without you. Help me to be able to do the things you've called me to do. And may that listener pray further, Lord, I'm available to you. I want to do what you want me to do. I know that's where I'll be fulfilled. That's where you will get glory. So I make myself available for your service. I thank you for Brother Errol, Pastor Errol, and how he has been able to testify that you have been more than enough for the ways that you've wanted to use him, the ways you are using him, and the ways you plan to use him. Please bless he and his family in his ministry in the business community as well as in Calvary Bible Church. And we pray this with thanksgiving always in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And now, today's ministry spotlight. Hi, good morning. My name is Pastor Nicholas Rogers and I am the youth pastor here at Calvary Bible Church. And this morning on Youth Talk, we want to continue on talking about how we can look at God's Word and how we can see answers for difficulties that teens are going through. But this morning, I don't want you just to turn your ears off as if you think to yourself, I'm not a teenager, so I don't need to listen. But I want you to really listen to what God's Word has to say as we're going to deal with something that we all struggle with. And this morning, we're going to talk about sexual sin. In the next coming weeks, we'll talk about homosexuality. But this morning, we want to talk about sexual immorality. And one thing we have to understand before we even think about anything, sex is a great thing. God intended sex for a husband and a wife. God invented sex, and he told as a command to be fruitful and multiply. So it's something that God endorses. But he endorses this inside of a marriage, of a husband and a wife. One man, one woman. As we will look later on in this series, we'll look at homosexuality. But this morning I want us to focus on a passage of scripture. And we need to see the importance in how, 
how sexual sin and how sex itself joins two to one. This is a oneness that, that only can be shared through sex. And 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, God raised the Lord and will also raise up his, by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. As, as we think about Paul is saying, shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. And he makes it very clear as he thinks of verse 16, and do not know that he who joined to a prostitute becomes one with her. For as it written, the two will become one flesh. As we think of that, as we think of talking about two becoming one, two becoming one as a prostitute, Paul sees the importance of this. And he understands that as two, they become one. And this is the oneness that a husband and a wife shares. And not that as we think of sex, again, it is a gift from God. God endorsed it. God invented this. But we need to recognize that they're saying here that this is, in, this is a serious thing. This is something that we take lightly. And I think in our culture today, we have taken sex lightly. Because what we have done is we have said, you know what? I'm going to try to have sex with as many people as I want to. And what happens is diseases form. But not even the most important thing I think besides diseases, especially if a husband or a wife goes out, is divorce which brings in a whole nother matter that we can think about. But as we think of sex and as we think of um, sweethearting in our culture, we see families are broken over this. There are many consequences that come because of sexual sin besides a physical disease. But we see families that are broken. And this morning, you may be a teenager listening this morning, and this may have affected your, your own family because you have seen it destroy your family. But I want to talk to that teenager because I think that in, as we think of teenagers, we need to recognize that we're not to get as close to the sin as possible, but we are supposed to flee from it. As it says in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but a sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Again, this is to uh, show the importance and to show how, how drastic Sexual sin is even to compare to other sins. We always say that, you know, sin is sin. But I think that Paul makes it very clear to us this morning that, you know, sexual sin does more damage to the body than any other sin. Because that is something that God intended for a husband and wife. That when we think of the oneness of a husband and wife being joined together in sex, we have to understand this is a gift from God, not for everyone to take part in. And we have to understand the importance of God, as Paul is saying here, about how important our body truly is. As it said in verse 19, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. I want us to just think about that for a second and understand something. When we go to a store and we buy something, especially us who buy electronic stuff or new shoes, we cherish those things. But I want us to understand that as we cherish those things, God cherishes our bodies. And He wants us to bring honor and glory to Him through our bodies. The same can go for us here in our Bahamian culture as we think of a temple or a church. There are many people who hold that building to such a high standard. And they, people say that these are things that I won't do in church. But that's what God is saying about our body. He, he wants to sanctify it. He wants us to understand that this is His body. This belongs to Him and Him alone. And He wants us to recognize this morning that it belongs to Him and that we need to bring honor and glory through our body. So I would challenge you this morning if you're listening. If you've ever fell into temptation of sexual sin, 
Again, like I said, we will later on talk about homosexuality, which brings a whole nother matter to the table. But this morning, as we think of sexual sin, you may be out there, and like I said, it's something that we don't like to talk about. But you may be sweethearting. And there are many people, as we use that term, people take it as a joke. But I think that we need to understand the importance of what we're doing. We're damaging the body. We're damaging the body that God bought with a price. And this morning, there are people who claim to be Christians who are doing this. And some people who may even be on the pulpits this morning speaking about God that are doing this. And this brings a bad name to the name of Christ. As many teenagers see this and they think to themselves, well, why do I want to be a part of the church? Well, if you're a teenager listening this morning, I want you to know something that we are not to look at other people's lives, but we are to focus on our own lives. And we need to understand that other people understand it, but God is a standard. God is what we look up to. And God himself, Jesus himself, walked the face of the earth, committed no sin. He became like us, a human being. Even though he was 100% man, 100% God, he did not commit any sin. He showed us an example of how we are to live. And I would challenge you this morning, if you've struggled or you've made the mistake as a teenager and you say, you know what, I've already made that mistake. Well, you have a forgiven God, a God who is really willing and ready to forgive you at any point. And I would challenge you to just ask God to forgive you. As 1 John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just tell him, God, I want you to forgive me. I made a mistake. Would you please forgive me of this sin? And I just thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.